problems and troubles, God's still sitting on his throne. When you think nobody knows and when you think you're doing this all by yourself, God's still sitting on his throne. He's got everything in control. Even though it seems like our world's spinning out of control and it seems like us personally are spinning out of control, he's still on the throne. He still knows what's going on. Amen. Stand with me, if you will, for the reading of the word. Somebody mentioned a week or two ago something about Ben Franklin and some of his sayings that he did. So, of course, I had to put it to a, to a sermon, so here it is. <laughs> if you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter number 36. We'll read just a couple, couple of verses. Where the Lord says, Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. Thank God for clean water. We take it for granted. I remember the flood of 93 when we didn't have any water, where we had to travel a couple of miles to fill up milk jugs of of water they pumped in. And then when they did get the water running in our neighborhood, it was directly from the Mississippi. There was no filtration. There was nothing. It was just straight from the Mississippi. It didn't look good coming out out of the shower, but trust me, just to be able to flush the toilet without putting putting water in a tank was a blessing but it wasn't it wasn't clean water but he said i will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all of your filthiness from all of your idols will i cleanse you a new heart also will i give you and a new spirit will i put within you and i will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and i will give you a heart of flesh and i will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them amen thank you god lord that you just didn't leave us here on this earth to do this by ourselves but you said you would put your spirit in me and if you are with me whom shall i be afraid of god Help us today, God. Help me as I minister your word, God. Lord, that your perfect will will be accomplished in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to speak on this subject just for a little bit. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Put your Bibles down. Raise your hands one more time. Give him thanks. Give him thanks for what he's doing in your life. Give him thanks for what he's doing in this church. God, I thank you. Lord, for all that you have done, for all the blessings that you continue to pour out to us, God. Lord, we are not deserving of your blessings. We are not deserving of what you do. But God, you just keep pouring it out. You just keep pouring it out, God. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. I'm going to say thank you to everybody that's shown uh, much concern as I took a road trip in my buggy yesterday. For all of you that were praying for me, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, We made it just fine. I told Sister Sanchez I wanted to take a picture on the way down. I I know you're not supposed to have the phone in your hand and supposed to do anything with it, but uh, uh, I seen like a 78 Corvette up ahead, and and I passed that thing. Of course, he wasn't even trying, but I wanted to film it that, yes, my VW did pass a Corvette on the highway. (laughs) But uh, I took a road trip down to Clinton, and even there, 
Uh, if you've never been to the Apple and Pork Festival, it's kind of like the world's biggest flea market uh, as far as the eye can see. And I went there with the sole purpose of hoping to find some old VW memorabilia, some signs or something so I can uh, decorate and put in the, in the garage, the man cave. And, you know, I was looking around and going from table to table. And to most people, to me, it just kind of looked like tables just full of junk, basically. You go to one table and it's, it's kids' toys from the, you know, from 60s, 70s, and 80s that look like they've been played with, put in the garage, put in storage, and gotten out of storage. They're dirty. Um, you go over here and it's, it's glassware and it's this. You go over here and it's just a, a bunch of old rusted tools. And so I'm just walking around and looking at everybody. Of course, you gotta, you gotta get into the, the, the spirit of things. So I, I got me a foot long corn dog, just kind of munch on as I'm, I'm going through all of the, all of the stuff. And I didn't find any, I didn't find any VW stuff that I was really looking for. But I came across this table, Brother Wilson, of, uh, of train stuff, and. A lot of it was Lionel, and I, I don't do in the Lionel, but I do HO. And going through all of this stuff, I seen this box. It looks like it's been out in the rain. The box has fallen apart, and I open it up, and it's got like about five, six passenger cars in it. It's got some cabooses. It's got a transformer that I really was needing to add to my train set. And and uh, to look at it, it does. It looks like that. It, it was all just thrown in there, and, and it just looks like to to those who are not interested in trains, to those who don't care about something like that, to you, it's just junk. And he said, make me an offer on it. And I said, okay. And I looked at it and started kind of going through it. And I seen there was a, uh, another uh, freight or a, a car that matched it. So I put it in the box and put the transformer in the box. I said, would you take 20 bucks for it? He said, yeah, I, I'll take 20 bucks. I just want to get rid of the stuff. And really, I felt like really loading the boxes then. But I took it home and uh, took it down in the basement and kind of put it on the track and kind of imagined it going around. And, and God laid it upon my heart. You know, we were in that position at one time where everybody thought we were done. Our lives were a mess. We thought we were just junk. We didn't think we had of use of God's kingdom. We didn't think we had use of, of, of our families or anything anymore. But then God came along one day. And said, so what one man sees as trash, I think I can make use of that. It was discarded a long time ago. It's collected a lot of dirt and dust along life's way. It's broken in a few pieces. But with a little bit of work and a little bit of cleaning, that thing that was everybody just looked over, everybody that thought was just junk, is now somebody's treasure. I'm thankful that God just didn't see me, Sister Sandy, as junk. I'm glad that God just didn't see me as something that was broken a long time ago and just discarded to the side. But he saw something in me that he says, you know what, with a little bit of work and with a little bit of cleaning and with a little bit of, of care, I can use this. And I'm talking to somebody here today. You, you don't know that you're useful to God's kingdom. You just think you're out here alone and, and you messed up on some things. But God is saying to somebody here today, I can take a broken life and I can fix that. I can clean that life 
up and I can make that life of value. I can make that life of use. And you're not done yet with your ministry. You're not done yet with God's kingdom. But God has something for you. Amen. So yes, my road trip was successful. I put the top down, got on the highway, and just enjoyed the blue skies and the freedom. And uh, got to got to visit with my mother-in-law for a while, and I made it back safely. But uh, thank you to everybody who was concerned that I was out in my old buggy. She's fine. She did good. So, <laughs> but Ben, let's get back to Ben Franklin. I've, I I hear these different quotes of, of Benjamin Franklin, and he he had a lot of good things to say. And I hear people talk about it, and and some people just think it's scripture, I guess. But but uh, with no disrespect to Mister. Mr. Franklin's wisdom, none of his quotes are in the Bible. A penny saved is a penny earned. That's kind of a good thing. And I know most people walk over a penny, but I'll pick it up. I got a big old bucket full of change in my, in my office at home, and it just goes right there with the collection. And guarantee another, another year or so, I'll take all of that change that I've collected, and I'll have a good $600 of mad money to spend on something. <laughs> Allison loved it when I brought this big old bucket of change when she was working at the bank. She had to sit there for three hours, sort all this change out. A penny saved is a penny earned. It's very worthwhile, but it's not scripture. The early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, I've gone to bed early, and I didn't wake up any more healthier, so I don't know where that is at. I, I went to bed early, Brother Wilson, but I didn't wake up with any more money in my bank account. But I, so I don't know where he gets that. And I, I went to bed early, and, and I didn't wake up any more wise. I was just as dumb when I went to bed. But that's not Scripture. And such is the case with a phrase that has, uh, uh, is our title today, godliness is next to cleanliness. We would think that that would come from Scripture, kind of like the the Lord helps those who helps themselves. That's not scripture. That's not in there. But we say it all the time, and, and some think it is in there. But godliness is next to cleanliness. It's not in there. It, it's, it's good. He might have felt good about, about that phrase, but the scripture's not there. But, but I'm not talking about an outer cleansing here today. I think outer cleansing is very good. Y'all want a good-smelling pastor when, when he comes to church. You want him, somebody praying for you that you smell them coming a mile away before they get to you to lay hands on you. <laughs> but we'll talk about cleanliness on the outside at an, uh, another day. But yes, we are concerned with how the outside looks. We are concerned with how the outside smells. Otherwise, we wouldn't be taking showers. We wouldn't be putting deodorant on. We wouldn't be putting cologne on. And For those of us that do, thank you. Thank you. But I'm preaching about how wonderful it is when God washes your dirty heart clean. When you've messed up and you've sinned and your heart is covered, he takes that precious blood and washes that heart clean. And there is cleanness that's found only in the New Testament salvation, the, the, the cleansing of his blood. If had he not died had he not shed that precious blood for me there wouldn't be that cleansing power that is here today but I want to tell somebody the blood still flows from Calvary and that blood is still strong here today and there's still power in that blood 
And the sad fact that we have to understand that is in the world that we live in now, the world that is full of chaos and full of trouble, is a result of Adam falling and sinning. And because of his sin, all of our hearts are dirty. The filth of sin stains every heart of every man who has ever lived. Titus says this in Titus 1 and 15, Unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. Doesn't that describe the world we live in today? The thoughts that man is thinking today and, and everything, they're, they're saying that evil is good now. Hmm. And they label good evil. And, and everything's being pushed before us as this is acceptable. This sin is okay now. This sin is, is okay now. And they want us to buy into that. In fact, they want us to, to show our stamp of approval on it. But the thing is, if it's sin, it's still sin today. If God hated it yesterday, I can guarantee it that he hates it today. No matter what the world may try to push upon the church, and no matter what the world may try to push upon you, if God is unpleased with it, can I tell you, honey, stay away from it. Isaiah said this, because I'm sure if he was alive today, he would just say the same words to describe our world. Lift, he says this in Isaiah 59, 3 and 4, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongue hath muttered perverseness. Oh, man, does that sound like, oh, I'll, I'll keep going. He called for justice, not, not, nor only pleaded for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Man, that sounds like a lot of people I work with. <laughs> because the heart of man is so corrupt and dirty that the writer said this in, in Jude 8. I didn't put this down, sis, but he said, Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignitaries. There's men out there that, that do not like what's going on in the church. There's men out there in our, our government and in this country that would rather shut the mouth of the church to push down truth that truth will not be proclaimed. Wicked works that manifest themselves in the flesh. And listen, newborn baby, it's not long before they pick up on this because we don't teach them to lie, but they just pick it up on their own. Did you do this? No. Did you eat that cookie I told you not to as the cookie's all over the place? No, Daddy. We didn't teach them to lie. It's there already. When they came out, their heart is defiled and filthy. But the works of the flesh manifest itself in the heart. And a filthy heart is what comes out of it. Because deep inside, let's face it, there is a corrupt nature of man that just wells up sometimes into filthy thoughts, into filthy dreams. It's why we have to put the flesh under subjection. That's why you got to be careful what you listen to. That's why you got to be careful what you watch. And that's got why you be careful of where you go. Because the flesh wants to give in to that. Because you either starve your spirit or you starve your flesh. And whichever one you are starving, the other one's going to win. 
But if you're giving in to your flesh, guess what? If you're feeding that flesh, you're going to come out in the flesh. For whatsoever a man sows, guess what? That's what he's going to reap. Isaiah 64 and 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing. Don't look down at your nose when the sinner comes through these doors. Don't look down your nose when somebody comes in who, uh, whose life is so messed up and so wrapped up in drugs and alcohol and all sorts of unvile things. Don't you look down your nose at them because we're just as messed up as them and we need forgiveness just as much as they do and we need love just as much as they do and we need grace and mercy just as much as they do. So don't look down your nose when somebody comes in here with a messed up life because let's face it it feels horrible to be unclean I know as little kids little kids like to play in the dirt and the mud and I was no different as an all boy growing up in Madison Illinois the biggest thrill we had was when they were building a house uh, across the alley from us and they had a pile of dirt probably as high as this ceiling and that was just the greatest thing under the sun for a little kid We'd go on there and play in the dirt. And, of course, if there's a hill, you got to play king of the hill. And we tried digging a tunnel through that big old mountain of dirt, and we, we just had a good time on that. And we come back. It's 118 outside, but as a kid, you didn't care. Come back, sweat, dirt rolling down your face and, and I can remember trying to get into the house and, and, and dad would always stop because I had all this mud and stuff on my shoes wait a minute you're not allowed in the house looking like that take those shoes off you don't want no dirt in the house you, you, you just remove all that stuff before you come in there's something about being unclean. It just feels horrible to be unclean. My wife used to laugh at me because I would get up in the morning and take a shower and go out and mow the grass and then take a shower after I'm done mowing the grass because I don't like being filthy. I don't like that, that dirty feeling. But to those that are, that are dirty, you see, coming home from that pile of dirt, I was okay with it. I'm tolerable to the dirt, but to somebody else, it's not good. I look at it this way. I remember working at the Globe Democrat, one of my first real jobs, and I was the vending machine repairman. I was the vending machine painter. I was the sheet metal guy. And one would come in that was hit by a car. One would come in that's been sitting out in downtown St. Louis for, for years on end. It's faded, so it's my job to, to paint this thing. Now, we did not have a professional paint booth. We just They just gave me a paint gun, gave me several gallons of red paint, and says, go to town. So no, no protection, no eye stuff. I'd come upstairs to get a a, a, a a bottled water, a soda, and, and my hair's kind of red tint to it. And I, there's a line of red from the paint that I'm breathing going down my nose. And, and we, hey, we're going out to cross the street to the Missouri Grill. You want to go to lunch? Yeah, I'll go to lunch. And, and I find it very curious that as I go in, my unclean condition becomes very much noticeable. As people are wondering why I got this red mustache going across my face or why, why I got this pain in my hair, and I become very aware that I'm probably sweaty, I'm smelly, and I look bad, and now I see everybody, these, these businessmen eating lunch, and here I am in my, my overalls painted red and all over. The uncleanliness comes to my attention. I don't look good. I don't feel right in here. They're all staring at me. <laughs> 
But you see, when you come to church, sometimes you become very aware that we need grace and mercy. You become very aware of how filthy I am. When you come before the presence of God, you come before a holy God, you realize how messed up we are, and you realize how much we need God's grace every day. And if if you don't pray for repentance every day, you're fooling yourself because we mess up just about every day. We say things that we shouldn't say. We think things that we shouldn't think. We do things we shouldn't do, and we come into the presence of a holy God all because of Adam because of Adam's sin isn't funny the first thing Adam did when he sinned was try and cover it up boy don't we try to cover up our sins I didn't do that I'm not looking at that I didn't go there. I didn't touch her. We cover it up. Cover it up. Just like Adam. I don't know who Adam thought he was trying to fool. Adam, where are you? God's here. Of course, God knew where he was. Wanted to hear what he had to say. I believe God is speaking to somebody here today. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. So just come right out. God, forgive me. Wash me with your precious blood. I've got this sticker on order. I don't know where I'm going to put it yet. I don't know if I'm going to put it on my car. I don't know if I'm going to put it on the door of the church or in my house. But it's a, uh, it's a, a vinyl sticker. And Jesus is kind of poking out behind the wall. And he said, I saw that. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to find some place very, very good to put it. But imagine coming inside after a long day. It's 100 degrees outside. You've had to cut your grass. You, you did the weed eater, and you got trimmings all over it, and you got grass sticking to you because you're, you're, you're sweating so much. And there's something about getting in that shower. There's something about getting all of that ickiness off of you, all that sweat. And I always told my wife this when I'm done working or I come in. I said, hold on, I got to go de-stinkify myself. Because, boy, when I get a sweating, the the mosquitoes are staying way at bay. Don't go near him. But I feel sorry for people that don't know what it's like to be clean on the inside. I feel sorry for people that feel like they have to bring this life all with them, that they have to bring all of this stuff that they've gathered all their life, collected on their heart with them because God is offering grace and mercy. You don't have to live with that guilt, church. You don't have to live with that filth because God is still forgiving sins today. I heard the story of two bikers. Saw a nun crossing the street that had a broken arm that's, that's in a sling. And uh, the bikers walked up to the nun and, and said, Ma'am, what happened to you? And she said, Well, I, I slipped in the bathtub and, and broke my arm. And the biker said, well, Okay. And the nun went, went about her way. And, uh, one biker looked at the other and said, Well, what's a bathtub? And the other biker said, I don't know. I'm not Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> 
But there's nothing like being washed clean. I remember the first time that I prayed at an apostolic altar. There's something about being able to pour your heart out on the altar. There's something about being able to, to just confess to God what you've done and, and feel that hand of mercy reaching out over you and washing over you. Say, I know you've done this wrong and I know you messed up, but I'm here for you. I want, I want to clean you up. Many of you know I, I travel around and I don't always have time to uh, take a customer out to eat. I'm trying to get from town to town, place to place. So sometimes the only thing, the only option is a, a, a quick fast food, something just to put in me to just keep the nourishment going. And well, I'm not the clean, cleanest person when I'm eating and you can't eat a Big Mac. In the, uh, let me give you a hint. You cannot eat a Big Mac when you're driving down the road. You just can't. It, it is impossible to eat a big, it's, it's, it's virtually impossible to eat Taco Bell when you're motoring down the road. It's virtually impossible. So I have had that, that accident happen of ketchup falling right here. I'm getting ready to go into a customer's place, and I got, uh, I got my white polo shirt with down the front or, 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 or sour cream or whatever it is that I tried to eat to hurry up and get. So, so you, you go into the store, and they have all these now, these little mini packets that you can just pull out, and it's a stain remover and a little tiny, it looks like a wet nap, and it looks a little more presentable now. And, and thank God for whoever invented the little tiny portable little stain remover because it's, it's really needed. But there's something about when God takes that precious blood and washes you clean. There's something about just singing about there's power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in its life-giving flow. There's something about when the blood starts flowing across the life. There's something about when the blood starts flowing through the service. And as Sister Allison said, there's something about just giving a testimony of what God has done and how God just seems to come through at the right time. Something I know there's testimonies here in the church of, of God came through. When I wasn't expecting it, God came through. And God had everything already mapped out and planned for me, even though I couldn't see it. And even though I didn't understand it, God was there all the time. But that's why we're here in church. Because we were messed up people. Paul writes in Corinthians. He writes this about a laundry list of things that, that people do that get them in trouble. In fact, he says this, that you will not make it to heaven if you are doing this. If we read in 1 Corinthians chapter Number six, he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Very simple. Those that are unclean, those that are not living a, a holy life, you're not going to be able to enter into the kingdom of God. That's pretty basic. That's pretty, pretty interesting and understandable. Be not deceived, neither fornicators. If you're sleeping around with, with all kinds of women, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers or extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He gives a, a, a laundry list of this is everything that, that God will not allow. 
then interesting, in the very next scripture, in verse 11, he says, but as were some of you. Hmm. I was there. I was the one, God, you were talking about in that scripture. I hear it said all the time. Well, the reason I don't go to church is because, you know, I had some problems with church people. I've heard it. People don't want to go to church because church people heard them. Church people said this. They're just hypocrites. But I also heard that Jesus had problems with church people. In fact, church people killed him. So that's why you tell them you don't go to church because of church people. You go to church because of God. But Paul gave this laundry list of, uh, of things that, that people will not go to heaven if you're doing any of that. But, but he also says, and such were some of you. But ye are washed, ye are sanctified, you're justified in the name of Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Thank God that I don't live that way anymore. Thank God I don't walk that way anymore. And thank God that he washed me with his blood and he cleansed me and he turned me around. It's not that there's anything we could have done ourselves, but he just simply cleaned us up, stood us up on our feet, and said, let's try it again. I had a school teacher in high school that would get so frustrated that you weren't getting what he was saying. And he, he had this ability of just talking over your head. You ever been tried to be taught by... I love Brother Reeves, my first pastor to death, but there's times where he starts saying these long about 20, 20 uh, uh, letters in it and, and I'm like wow and what he had to say in the first point kind of leads into the second point which kind of leads into the third point and I'm still stuck on the first point and, and now I really don't know what he's talking about I had a high school teacher like that a drafting teacher and I'm like I, I, I'm scared to raise my hand because I know what's going to happen when I say I don't understand that well didn't I just tell you didn't I just show you that's what you got all the time but <laughs> I'm very grateful that God did not say to me, didn't I tell you this is it? Didn't I tell you not to walk this way? Didn't I tell you not to say that? Didn't I? God's not like that. He said, look, I know you messed up. I'll wash you. Let's try it again. Zach and Haley went through this. They knew when Gracie was first trying to walk, she may take a step or two. The little sis here may take a step or two. What's going to happen? She's eventually going to fall down. May hurt, skin her knees, but you, you, you clean her up and, and you put her on her feet and say, let's try this again. Lord, I know what it's like to stumble and fall, but you just pick me up and say, okay, my son, let's try it again. And I take a few steps and I may stumble again, but he doesn't get all frustrated and just give up on me. He says, let's try it again. Let's say this, we're living in a day of grace and mercy and thank God for it. But there will come a time when God is not the gracious God, but he'll be God the judge. So that's why I say, God, forgive me every single day because I don't want to be caught when grace and mercy ends and judgment begins. But God, help me right now. You don't know how hard it is dealing with the public every single day. Lord, you're going to have to zip my mouth. Because my helpmate is no longer with me to tap me on the shoulder, honey. 
and I, I'm on the telephone, and she knows when she sees that. She used to see that look in my face to know that the temperature is rising, and that my frustration level is starting to 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 come out. And and, and she, honey, she'd always do this in the, in the truck. Just calm down. I know, baby. Customers always right. Yes, Mr. Customer. You know what I'm talking about. Those days where maybe your temper gets the best of you. And those words leave that mouth that you wish you could just kind of reel back in. We need real mercy and real grace and real love. And God's still giving it today. I can say that God truly has done a work in mine and my family's life. And I'm thankful for, for that. There's times where I try and fix things myself. That's why I like the VW Bug. They were designed and engineered for the average person to be able to work on them. And, and I'm finding that out because if I can fix it, Chloe, you can fix it. So you're coming over to change my oil after church, okay? You're small. You can fit right under that car. But I like trying to fix things. I like trying to, it's not that I'm cheap and that I don't like paying people. I'll pay the professional to do it. But, but if I have the tool and if I have somewhat of ability, I'm going to try and tear into it and fix it myself. But there's some things in my life that I just cannot fix. There's some situations I get myself in that I just cannot get out of and I can't fix it myself, but, but I have to turn to a God who formed me in my mother's womb, who, who knows every little thing about me and knows how many hairs that are falling out of my head to realize he knows more about me than I know myself, and, and he helps that. He's done exactly for me on the inside what I try and do on the outside, and that's look clean. Because I remember working in the warehouse at Brower Supply in St. Louis, Missouri, in a steel building, unloading trucks. That temperature range was measuring up close to 150 while we unloaded trucks. I remember what it's like to be totally soaked in sweat and dirty and nasty. And I remember what it was like when the boss came to me and says, we'd like for you to come up and to be inside sales. I said, okay. I work the counter, so I deal with customers, customer service, and I know all about the product, and I know about this. So, okay, what, what does it entail? Well, we're going we're gonna to have you come up, and you'll have your own little office, and you basically just answer the phone and take the customer's phone calls, take the customer problems, and, and then you process that, and, and uh, you'll work from 8, eight what was it, eight to 5 every day. I'm wait, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have to, I don't have to get up at 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning anymore. I don't have to be here at 5 o'clock. No, no, you're 8 to 5. You'll be salary. You'll be working 8 to 5. So you're going to pay me more money to work 8 hours, I get to wear nice clothes in the air condition in the, in the summer, heat in the winter. I said, sign me up. So I didn't like being all filthy all the time. I didn't like being, being like that. But there's something about a testimony. There's something about somebody that remembers 20, 30 years ago of God forgiving you of your sins 
of God turning a life around, of God turning a family around, of God turning this situation around. There's something about a testimony of a hand raised, of somebody who's remembering how they were, but they don't walk that way anymore. They don't act that way anymore. There's something about a hand that's raised in just simple praise and thankfulness to God. Because he's still in the washing business. Revelation 7, 13 and 14 says this, And the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. He's coming for a spotless He's coming for somebody who's waiting and watching. But I believe in the time that we are living in, the lie that many people are falling into is, you got plenty of time, live life how you want to. Live life how you please. Don't listen to the pastor. You don't have to go to church. You don't have to listen to the word. Just live what pleases you. And many apostolic Christians are being wooed to sleep. Meanwhile, God is looking for the bride who has their robes washed with the blood. song as we we stand here today the song poses the sad sad question what can wash away my sins and the reply is still nothing but wonderful nothing but the blood of Jesus nothing can for sin atone nothing but the blood of Jesus I'm speaking to somebody here today there's a corner in your heart that maybe nobody knows about. Those that are closest to you, your closest family members, your closest friends don't, don't even know what's going on there because you keep it locked and hidden, hoping that nobody ever finds out. But God spoke to me, says there's something that needs to be opened up there's something that needs to be confessed to God. There's something that needs to be washed and cleansed because that area of your heart where that secret has been hiding, where that secret has been laying, God's wanting to wash that area, but you won't open that part up. There's three areas. Three areas that have always bothered me most that I have strived to work for. I want a clean car. I want a clean house. And I want clean clothes. I didn't always have, Brother Wilson, the, the Mercedes Benz to drive. Didn't always have the nicest cars. But dad taught me a long time ago, if it's yours, you take care of it. It may be used. It may be a used suit. It may be a used car. It may not be a brand new house. But he said, if you own it, you take care of it. 
and he instilled that in me. So there I was, washing that 77 Chevette, rust spots and all. In fact, I couldn't shoot the water too strong because it knocked more of the rust off. It didn't have real leather seats, but you know what? I armored those seats and it did look nice. So I get a company truck. My boss gets in it for the very first time, one of the owners. He says, this is a welcome change. I didn't know what he meant. This is the first time he's rode with me since I came back to Broward. He says, well, the salesman that was before you, there, there was a half inch of dust on the dashboard and there was all kinds of, of, of fast food stuff on the floor. That's not me, boss man. I like a clean car. I like a clean house. I like those lines that you leave when you vacuum the, the rug. But you see, my God likes clean too. Can I say Jesus can clean that heart today? Jesus can go right to that very area that needs the attention, that area of weakness that you have. You've got to make that first step. I like how Jesus is that perfect gentleman. He doesn't force himself on you. He doesn't just barge in and grab you by the back of the neck and, and make you do this. He just very ever so politely knocks. Will you open that door today? Because he puts the decision on you. He's knocking. But he's wondering if we'll open that door. talking to Brother Andrew this morning in my office and I believe this is true that a lot of people are just praying that God would just miraculously change them would miraculously just get, get us out of this situation and I saw one of the most profound things and I, I gave it to him that we can pray the picture was a man holding a shovel and he was praying God I pray a hole would just open up in front of me. And all the while, he's holding the shovel. He's got the instrument. He has to take the first dig. God will give him the strength to continue, but he's got to be the one to decide, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the one to walk to the altar. I'm going to be the one to, to ask God to forgive me. I'm going to be the one to say, when I leave these doors today, I'm not going to do that anymore. When I leave these doors, I'm not going to go to that place anymore. When I leave these doors, I'm going to try and change. But you have to make that decision. God will not do that for you. He will give you the strength, but you have to take that first step. Father, I feel your presence and grace. Lord, if our spiritual eyes would be open, we would see that crimson stream of blood flowing right now. From Calvary, right down these aisles, right down to these altars. 
Lord, help us in this godly, ungodly world to live the way you desire us to live. Lord, let us be this light to this city. But thank you, God, for not giving up on us when we do stumble. I'm going to open up these altars. If you need to come pray about something, these altars are open. If you just need to come and bask in God's glory, if you just need to come and give him thanks for cleansing you and taking care of you, just come up and pray. Come up to praise and worship. Just come up. There's a crimson stream of blood that's flowing here today. Let's entertain the presence of the Lord.